Elementary music teacher friend, you love what you do, but you might feel unappreciated and, in fact, unseen some days. You may even feel like you're on a music teacher island and just want to connect with other music teachers who can relate to both your struggles and wins when it comes to teaching elementary music. I get you and understand completely the feelings you're having. That's why each and every week, the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast will provide you with solo and guest episodes that will help you realize you're not alone in your music teaching journey. Throughout each episode, my goal is for you to be able to walk away with actionable steps and ideas to help you feel like you're ready to take on the new week with whatever challenges may be thrown your way. Hi, I'm your host, Jessica Peresta, and I'm so glad you're here. Whether you're at home, in your car, in the shower, or wherever else you're listening, grab your cup of coffee or whatever other beverage is nearby and listen in to the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. I'm Josh Swartz. And I'm William Millingworth. Hosts of the High Tech Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey friend, I am so excited to invite you to a free three-day challenge called the Reflect and Renew Challenge. In this free challenge, you'll begin to think about teaching elementary music in a new way. In just three days, you'll go from feeling overwhelmed to confident and will surround yourself with other music teachers who will support and encourage you. Day one is all about reflecting. You'll reflect back over where you're at in the school year and identify the highs and lows, no matter if you are joining this challenge at the beginning, middle, or end of the school year. We start with reflecting first in order to move forward successfully. Day two is all about processing. You'll process through what it is you need to focus on to make your music teaching situation successful. Then day three is all about renewal. You'll break through mindset beliefs while setting goals and action steps to help you meet them. Each day of the challenge, you'll be getting a daily challenge email that will contain action steps for you to take. So simply head to subscribepage.com forward slash reflect and renew challenge to save your seat and I'll see you there. Welcome back to the podcast. I am joined today by my guest, Debbie O'Shea, and we're going to talk about the benefits of singing together in the music room, but also we'll be discussing some other things uh, along those lines, but also just in the world of music education. Before we get started, Debbie, I would love for you to introduce yourself to the listeners today. I would love to do that. And thanks for having me, Jessica. Hello, listeners. But what I thought I'd do to start off with is read what I call my informal bio. Like most of the people listening know they have to send bios for various bits and pieces if you're speaking there or doing that. And I have, you know, a long bio and a short bio. And and I have recently done one I call my informal bio. So I thought I might do that one. Yeah, perfect. Go for it. It's a little bit more flexible and, you know, playback. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you've got to imagine everyone, these are dot points. Got to love a dot point bio. Here we go. (laughs) Debbie O'Shea is an eternal optimist who loves a good pun, an enthusiastic and experienced music teacher who believes every child needs music education. 
passionate about supporting, connecting and inspiring other music educators through her work in the classroom, her business Crescendo Music Education, and also through professional associations. Someone who loves presenting workshops and webinars and thrives on collaboration. A lifelong learner who continues to learn and grow until she drops dead, who will continue to learn and grow until she drops dead. A nationally accredited, highly accomplished teacher and in love with her husband and two adult sons. I love it. I love that. That was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Gives us a glimpse into who you are. And I love how you use the words enthusiastic music teacher. You can just tell, I can just tell right away just from talking to you. And I've gotten to sit in a couple of your sessions at various conferences and things. And you really just do bring a passion to the world of music education. And I hope that you know that I see that and others see that in you. And so your goal of you know, putting that into the world, it is happening. So I want to oh, let you know. Thank yeah. You. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. That's made my day. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, obviously we know as elementary music teachers, singing is a huge part of what we do in the music room. And um, funny enough, probably other teachers think that's all we do sometimes. <laughs> and so, but singing together is a huge thing. It's something that is really important and so this conversation can, of course, go a lot of different directions. But when we're talking about singing together and the benefits of it, we know the reasons, but what are those that stand out to you the most? Yes, that's a, an interesting question. There are so many. And I do think as music educators, we just, we do it. We do it as part of our work. But I think it's important that we reflect on why we do it. You know, I'll Simon Sinek, all of your audience. We've got, to, we've got to have a why. So it was interesting thinking about what are the biggest reasons that I sing with my children? And I think we've got to start with the pedagogical one. I think that it's most important that we learn through song because that is, that is part of them. I think right. that playing instruments, of course, is vital, but it's still slightly external to us, whereas singing is part of us. There's something personal about that. And I think that learning concepts through songs and rhymes, just they're part of us. And I think our understanding is innately more deep. You know what I'm saying? I do right. think that we learn better through doing and through song. So that's the big pedagogical one for me. But the other huge one is that sense of belonging and community. Nothing brings you together like that. I all have a class arrive after their PE lesson or after lunch. There's been, you know, he was out and he wouldn't get out when they're playing handball and they bring in this little fight that's happening. Yes. And I want them to leave that stuff and become community again, sing together, be tolerant of each other, be kind to each other. Let's sing as one. I know that sounds all woo-woo, doesn't it? But it works. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it's so true. Okay. So when I started right out of college in my very first teaching position, the listeners of this podcast have shared this story so many times, but one part of my story I haven't shared I've shared the part where um, it was a school that hadn't had music for seven years and I didn't have any instruments. But the part of the story I haven't shared a lot is the fact that when I got in there, 
I was just ready to make music in a lot of different ways by using instruments and by incorporating movement and all these things, which I could still do movement. But I remember just feeling overwhelmed because of the lack of things, physical things I didn't have in there. And so when I reached out to my mentor teacher who I just student taught with, and I said, what do I do with my students? I don't have anything. She said to me, her exact words were, get them singing. And it was such a simple phrase, but one that stuck with me. And I thought, she is so right. These kids all have a voice and they're probably not used to using it in that way very much. Outside of school, they are, but inside of a school setting, they're not used to doing that. So I knew for a little bit, it may get be out of their comfort zone, but once they started I don't know, it just it kind of did start breaking down some walls and connecting with each other, but also with me. It was just like a way we could communicate with each other. And so I love I love the way you presented that about singing, because I know um, like in my situation, that's all I had was the kids voices and bodies. And that's how we made music, because that's the only way we could. And I'm glad I had that experience to start with, because it showed me that Gosh, it is the simplest way to make music, but it's so powerful. So thank you for yeah talking about that. And, and you're one of them too, aren't you? Mm-hmm. You're one voice in the group and everybody belongs and everybody contributes. It's, it's just a feeling. And, you know, the other thing that this is just from a personal perspective, um, why I love being in choirs, not, I'll confess I'm not now, just yeah. very time poor. Um but I love being able to make music mm-hmm. so much more amazing than I could make by myself. You know, you're part of a greater whole. And we know there's all sorts of other things with singing together, reducing stress, um, um, promoting well-being, self-esteem, circle of friends. It actually improves your posture and mental alertness, all of those things. But for me, it's about that sense of community and the usefulness in my teaching. Yeah, that's great. And then you're able to pass that knowledge on and that experience onto your students. And, you know, we talk about how do you share your story with your students? Well, I think part of that, like you just shared with me, it really sparked my interest in going, oh my gosh, I never thought about it that way. And there's so many different ways to share your story with your students. But I think just telling them your experience with singing and why it's so important to you and how it's changed your life that alone, them hearing that will be like, oh, okay, that makes sense to me. So I think that's a great starting point with getting them comfortable. It's just by talking about it, you know, and obviously getting them singing as well is important. (laughs) (laughs) So you told me when we were kind of emailing back and forth that you call the music room, the beating heart of the school. And I would love to hear more about this and why you call it that. (laughs) I love that. Occasionally, I get in a little bit of trouble, like the teacher <laughs> librarian, you know, hold on. You're, uh, no, look, I'm sorry. That's great. Yes, that's important too. But I'm the beating mm-hmm. heart of the school. Well, mm-hmm. the first reason I like that is because it's a bit of a pun really, isn't it? Like beating heart. I mean, I'm the music teacher. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. So I do like that. And some of the older kids do pick up on that little nuance. Mm -hmm. I believe everyone that walks into my music room belongs there. I believe everyone has a place in that room. And I think that's different to individual classrooms. So I'm not saying they don't belong in their classroom, but every child doesn't belong in 
the 1B classroom. That's 1B's specials place, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone is welcome and belongs in my music room. And that goes from everybody, from the really bright, bright kid that is an amazing already composer and piano player in year six to the special needs Mm -hmm. child that has to have someone with them because they run away. Um, They belong as well. Every single person belongs in my room. And I also equate it, at least in my head, I haven't actually explained this to anyone before, um, but I, I think of it, it's going to sound again woo-woo. All your listeners are going to think that I'm just sort of, I don't know, hippie chick from Australia. <laughs> but I think of it like, you know, as the blood flows and pumps out of your heart into all the parts of your body, I think that joy and life emanates from my room. I have this this mental image of all of the all of the goodness like you know coming out of my room and entering all of the other parts of the school. And I know that that sounds a little bit no, odd, but no, it but makes complete sense. Yeah. But it's what I think. Um and I also do I I try and make my room Visually appealing, yes. Not as good as some of the Instagram stuff I've seen. I just, I don't have time to do that, you know. <laughs> I'm the same way. Yes, I understand. <laughs> but it's it's really practical. It's, oh, well, not a surprise if you're seeing this on video, colourful um, mm-hmm. and engaging. And I think that part of that also helps create that feeling of it being the heart. And in fact, at the moment, I, I try to do something at towards the beginning of the year that aids with that belonging. So I did a note, as in imagine a crotchet, um, quarter note, mm-hmm. a quarter note, a crotchet uh, with a nice thick stem and every child in the school decorated one to show something about them. So it might be full of colours and hobbies and things. And then I put them on giant charts on a staff with and it was actually for Harmony Day. We have something called Harmony Day on the twenty first of March, and it was about how everybody is an individual, mm. but together we make you know a masterpiece. We make beautiful yeah. music together, even though we're all individual. And so I even at the moment have that on my doors. Actually, I don't have much wall space, so I've got them on the front and the back of the big glass doors. Um, and I think that's a, a at the moment a very visual reminder that that is it is the heart of the school. Everyone does belong. Mm-hmm. Okay, that gave me chills, and I'm I'm being serious because I think sometimes we just need that reminder. A couple of things you said where you said music from what they learn in your classroom carries on into what they do the rest of the day into their other classrooms. And think about how many times when we're relating this back to singing, we hear students singing a song they maybe learned earlier that day or even earlier that week, Mm. or you hear them singing something maybe they didn't even learn in the music room. Or I've heard my students, I don't know, practicing a study beat activity or rhythm activity they learned. It is just so neat to see because then sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes you'll hear the teacher say, what is that? Or what's that song? Or tell me about that. And I'm like, oh, it's just so neat. Because like you said, they're doing it together. And they're doing it together. 
And then also on the flip side of that, when you were talking about how every child belongs in the music room, it is so true. I mean, in fact, in the music room, think about how many times students are coming from multiple different directions. Um, even in my own life, my oldest son is on the autism spectrum. And so he would join his classroom coming from the special education room. Um, or maybe you have kids coming from the English language learners class or from the gifted classroom or this, 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 this. They're all coming from different directions, but they're all merging together in the music room. And I just sometimes we just need that reminder because you forget these kids are scattered all over the place throughout the day. But when they come to you, they're together. And so I, I even needed that reminder. I think that's great because they are all, I say that too. I don't care what happened before you came to music. I don't care what your IEP says. I don't care what your giftings are. Not that I don't care, but what I mean is, <laughs> you know what I mean by that. But like when you come in here, we are all on the same playing field when it comes to making music together. Now, I may need to differentiate a little bit and accommodate for certain students. But with that said, we are all able to make music. And I just, I needed that reminder too. It's so great. Oh, I think we all have to remind ourselves because like I know he, here in Australia at the time of recording, we are gearing up to report card time mm -hmm. right now. I'm going, I've still got to mark this. I've still got to do this. I've got to do this. And w you get tied up in what you have to do administratively and for assessment and reporting. And it is really easy to lose track of the human side of our job. Um, and you've got to, I, I'm, I'm speaking to myself here, you've got to remind yourself that actually the really big impact you're having is nothing to do with what their grade is on their report card. Right. It's actually the human impact. Um, and it's what that's what singing in particular has. It has a human connection because we've also got lyrics mm -hmm. as well as the rest of the music. So I, I think we all need reminders. And that's me. When we finish this podcast recording, I'm going to be going, actually, grocery shopping. Then I'm going to do marking and work on my, and it's, and I don't want to do that, mm -hmm. but I've got to remind myself that when I'm at school, that's actually not the most important part of my job. Right. Right. Yeah. I love that. And so when we're talking about singing together, how do we encourage students who maybe are a little bit more hesitant to sing or we view it as refusing to, or maybe we've already mentioned students coming in with maybe an aid and maybe they are even nonverbal. And so how do you encourage students who maybe any of those reasons that I mentioned or anything else to sing? Good question. And there's always issues. I'm very lucky I have a strong singing culture. I've been at my school for seven years now. Um, and before that, lovely Anna Regan, shout out. And uh, she was there for 12 years. Um, they've, they've had a very long history of a singing culture. Mm. We have an amazing choral program. Um, uh, anyway, so I've got that. But there are new children that come into the school yeah. fairly constantly and they, they're they looking around going, what is happening? <laughs> yes. um, Pre-pubescence hits mm. and that changes things. Boys will often think, oh, my voice is 
starting to change. Actually, it's probably not, but they feel it should be. Um, so then they, you know, they and they suddenly get, you know, the sort of 11-year-olds are getting a little bit cool. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, all of those reasons, yes, it's not easy or instant that they sing. So I have two sorts of answers for you. Are you ready? Yeah. All right, I have what I call my soft dances. Right, here's my soft dances. So I give them quiet encouragement, obviously. Um, if they really don't want to sing, especially little ones, especially when they're brand new, you know, four-year-olds, and mm-hmm. they're sort of, uh, I'm thinking they're probably, they're terrified. Shouldn't be terrified, but, you know, they are. And and for them, it is terrifying. So, I, you know, I give a lot of latitude and we just, and I know that they're learning even if they're not participating. They're still learning. So quiet encouragement. Um, I show through my actions right from the start that every voice is heard and appreciated. And I do not allow under any circumstances any form of humiliation. Mm. Like nobody will ever laugh at another child, ever. Fairly strict on that. I have some fairly firm guidelines and that's one of them. Mm. We can have a laugh together. We can never laugh at a child. So I show that right from the start with my own actions. Puppets are magic, especially Mm -hmm. for the little ones. Uh, You sing to a puppet. So the child has the puppet. So you might sing to the puppet and the puppet will sing the response, not the child who's attached to the puppet who actually is singing. Mm -hmm. But just putting that little barrier makes the biggest difference. Some of them just will instantly sing because it's the frog singing, not them. So puppets can work really well. Um, I do allow children, especially when they're young and getting used to what is happening, if I have performance tasks, that's part of my assessment, I will allow them to come and do it in their lunch break for me rather than in front of the group, even though sometimes the curriculum says perform for audiences. I go, do you know what? What's more important Mm -hmm. is their anxiety is not through the roof. I'll be their audience. I'll pretend I'm their class. Sing for me. Um, So I will allow them to do that in lunch break, but I do ask them, I'd really love you to sing for the class if you would. And anyway, eventually we win around. Mm -hmm. And again, just to reinforce the zero tolerance of disrespect from other students. And when we have responding conversations, because responding is a bit, you know, big part, I don't know your curriculum language. Yeah, yeah, we have a responding strand, yes. Yeah. So if we're responding to a child's performance, for example, I always get them to start with what did we like about that performance? Like it might just be. Ah, uh, they had good eye contact with the audience. Mm. Uh, like that might be all that was good about it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's a bit like that compliment sandwich. Even if we have some suggestions and it's never what did they do bad, obviously. <laughs> so we, but we always start with the positive. What did you like about that performance? The same was that compliment sandwich mm-hmm. when you wish to give feedback to anyone. Here's what you did well look, maybe this could be improved and then finish with another little something more positive. Um, Now, And here's my hard answer. I I think with behaviour management, classroom management, I have fairly firm 
lines, boundaries. I have lots of slack and play within them, but the kids know where the line is. Mm-hmm. So please don't cross that line. We'll all be good, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I just think that's clever teaching. Um, so here's my hard answer. There's an expectation that everyone sings, just as everyone speaks and writes and contributes, everyone sings. I'll make adjustments if needed to make it happen, but it's expected. Mm-hmm. I have some music students that I've now been teaching for seven years, counting prep. Some of them still don't match pitch. Mm-hmm. Think, oh, I'm failure teacher. Um, but I still expect them to sing. Mm-hmm. Yes, their voice might not match mine, but I expect them to sing. So that's mm-hmm. when it's a norm, a classroom norm. No, we sing in this room. Oh, welcome to our school. In this school, we sing. Do you know, it's a fait accompli, if you like. And we are musicians, we are performers, we are composers. We just are those things. We just mm-hmm. sing. It's normalised. Yeah. So that's my hard answer. Yeah. Sorry, was that a bit long? No, that was great. It was perfect. <laughs> no, it was perfect. Well, I love the last thing you said too. It was, it's normalised. And I think that should be what kids experience in an elementary music classroom is the normalization of singing where it maybe they are uncomfortable. I'm at a new school this year and I know that the kids have not had a lot of experience singing. And so I'm two months in and I'm telling you, I'm every time I'm getting a little bit more participation and buy-in. And some of these who are kind of standing in the background, kind of like, you know, mumble singing, like I like to call it. I'm starting to see some more confidence happen. And I I agree with that. A lot of that, in my opinion, it's not about me. It's just because of the repetition of doing it, giving them more and more opportunities to sing and to find their singing voice and to find confidence and also setting ground rules. Like you said, like we are all going to encourage each other. There is no embarrassment. There's no, I didn't do that correctly. And I'm loving it because when I first started that first week, I was like, oh no, you know, you're just kind of like, I don't know. I I didn't have any expectations because I didn't know what to expect, but it was like, we're all going to sing this song. And then you have one kid joining in. The rest of them are looking at you like deer in the headlights. Like, what is she doing? (laughs) And now I feel like I'm starting to get where when I say let's sing and I'm starting to hear it more. And it's so it's so encouraging to hear that. And so um, thank you for all those pointers. That was really good. So we've talked about a lot today. Uh, about the benefits of singing and even about the heartbeat of the music room, the music room being the heartbeat of the school. Is there anything else you want to share with my listeners before we go today? Uh, there's fair, one fairly big one, if I may. If I may. So I'll start um, just a quick telescopic view of how I view group singing. So we've got as a class, when you've got them there in front of you, that joy, that belonging. Then as a year level or a band of some sort across the school, giving you that unity and that common ground. Um, then as a school, oh, what power. And I know that I'm in a great position where I teach every child in the school. So we can do the same song across the school and we can perform it. We have four terms in our school year and each term now I have a whole school singing event. So it's on a full school assembly. We all sing. It is the most emotional thing ever to have. Um, well, I've got 600 children, all 600 singing together. And it's just, 
there's just not a dry eye in the house, mm-hmm. depending what we're doing. Um, if it's joyous, they're not crying so much. <laughs> so uh, it's just wonderful. But I'm going to go one step further out and give a really big plug to Together Sing. So my lovely colleague, Deb Bryden, who manages to get um, mentioned in almost every podcast I do um, <laughs> because we do so much work together and she's amazing. Um, we started Together Sing in 2022 and it ran this year as well, where we organise a composer to create a special song all based on the value of singing together to improve mental health and well-being with an underlying message of how important music education is because we're always advocating for our subject. Um, so that's actually been very big, very popular. Last year we had 150,000 singers, wow. every state and territory in Australia and some overseas. Um, we have partners, um, Tyler Swick, one of your educators, he's a partner. He creates a boom whacker play along. So a whole lot of partners because the whole event is free. So you get the song, you get the audio, you get the score, you get these great advocacy tools you can download, use on social media. There's, we just give as much as we can to help music educators and conductors. It could be a community choir. It doesn't have to be a school choir. But the whole thing is free and it's about singing together. So I'll send you the link so that your listeners can, um, like, why not register? Register for as many kids as you can because we want to send the message about numbers. So it's all to raise awareness of the importance of music and singing together. But it's, it's got the added benefit of the fact that we're all across the world, hopefully, mm-hmm. <laughs> singing together. And all of us as educators and we've got some businesses and associations on board all just wanting to sing the praises, pardon the pun, of (laughs) singing together. Um, I was thinking for your listeners, because a lot of your listeners are in the States, don't you have a March music thing? What's it called again? Mm -hmm. Music in our schools month. There we go. Yeah. Wouldn't it be perfect for Music in Your Schools Month? So we released the new song in July. So the 2023 song, there's no reason why that could not be. For you, it's almost mm-hmm. like a, because we work in a calendar year, but you work oh. in a. Like um, August to May or. Well, not quite. Well, yeah, yeah it's different. Or September to it's June. Different. It's just, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's, it's just. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? So, Every country's different. I know. Oh, it's like, oh, oh, it is. I know. I know. <laughs> so I just thought it would be really perfect for your music in your school's month and they can mm-hmm. sign up now. They've got a song. Um, I created YouTube clips, so that's on my YouTube channel. So there's a sing-along version mm-hmm. so you can just plug and play. Um, and I just, it's it's a lovely song. We get a, we commission uh, the only paid people in this whole thing is the composer, but everybody else gives their um, time and intellectual property and all of those Mm -hmm. things. There's articles and all sorts of things. So it's, it's free and it's quite a nice song. We tend to aim for our performances to be around October here in Australia, because that's um, mental health month. 
Mm. We have a special mental health week here. I don't know if you have a mental health, if that's, don't know if that's Australia or international mental we health. We do. Month. We do, but off the top of my head, I can't remember if, if yeah. it's October. But, but it's a one. good yeah. thing to hook into for that. Um, and just because I'm always looking for excuses to get music out there in front of people uh, in a way that educates them. Mm-hmm. Like we don't have to educate the people that are listening to this podcast because they all, they're listening because right. they know music teaching is important. We've got to reach the other people. We've got to reach mm-hmm. parents, politicians, um, decision makers. So by doing something like this, we can reach people that we don't normally reach. So um, I just wanted to give a big plug for Together Sing. We've yeah. put so much work into it. And every year there'll be a new song that comes out in um, about July. So you just sign up every year, download the new stuff, put in your numbers. We get all the stats behind the scenes and go, look how many people wow. sang to say that singing together is important. Oh, and if you sign up now, you can get last year's song too. Oh, cool. So so you can just keep downloading. Um, I mean, why not have a bit of a free song? Yeah. And and it is, we do give the composer the brief that it's sort of for four to up to 15-year-olds. The songs so far have been more, I guess, your elementary level, probably more to 12-year-olds. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, uh, it depends how you sell it to those mm-hmm. early teens, but definitely it's going to work for elementary level. Perfect. Where so did... I just wanted to do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go on. I was just going to say, I'm going to include this in the show notes, but for those listening, where can they find out more information and sign up for this? All right. Well, our main organizing partner because is um, Kodai Queensland, the Kodai Association. So the website where you sign up is um, Kodai Queensland QLD. So it's kodaiqld.org.au forward slash together uh, hyphen sing. Okay. So I guess if I always comes up for me because I Google it all the time, um, but it's Kodai Queensland together sing. And then okay. you register, put in those big numbers, please, everyone, because we really need them. Yeah. Sign up now. It's free. And uh, then we have a survey at the end. Oh, actually, how do we get those people now? Because we've sent the survey out. But like we really want to be responsive and if people say, look, we'd really love to have this resource, we'd love to mm-hmm. try and make it. And the other thing is if people want to partner, like like mm-hmm. Tyler Swick mm-hmm. did, because mm-hmm. um, I had Tyler on my podcast um, gosh, got on like a house on fire and couldn't stop talking. Um, but, <laughs> but like it was, I just reached out to him and said, you got great boom, like a play alongs, mm-hmm. would you make one for this song? And he went, sure. So That's if awesome. there's something else out there, if someone wants to be a partner, um, come and do something, even if it's just promoting the song, we give you social media tiles and off you go. Yeah. So perfect. to sing. It's a perfect opportunity to give that a plug. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's amazing. We'll definitely include that in the show notes. And um, thank you for sharing the link. And music teachers listening, definitely go sign up for that. How amazing is this opportunity? And thank you for the work you're doing in the area of singing, but also music education, Debbie. Before we go, where can everybody connect with you after they listen in? Ah, 
Okay. Basically, my website, crescendo.com.au. Um, I will send you all of the links because I'm sort of in quite a few places, but love my podcast. I've been doing that for about a year and a half now. So you can get that. It's the Crescendo Music Education Podcast. So it's on your favorite player. It's on my website as well. And Facebook, I hang out the most. I am on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, Pinterest, but Facebook is the place I hang out the most, I think. My son would say that's because I'm a boomer. Uh, <laughs> and I remind him I am only just a boomer and it depends on your definition. Sometimes I'm even slightly out of mm. the boomer range. But anyway, um, so <laughs> I have a private group called the Crescendo Community um, and you've got to answer the questions, people. If you don't answer the questions, I don't let you in because mm. I don't want spam in there. I think my the Crescendo Community Facebook group would be the place where people are so sharing and generous and amazing. Someone will ask a question and all these people will jump in and say, try this, do this, mm. here's a link to this. It's just I love it. It fills my heart. Like Only that. once I've had to um, talk to someone about something they've posted in there. So I love it. So yeah. Amazing. Crescendo community. See you there. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I've loved this conversation. You've definitely encouraged me to continue getting my kiddos to sing and to share, like you even mentioned, those who talking to music teachers, we get it, but the others around, the, you know, around us in the community, maybe just don't. And so it's important um, to help them understand as well. But thank you for coming on today. I've really appreciated it. Thank you very much for the chat. I've loved it. Well, hey there. Thank you so much for listening into the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. There is an exclusive Facebook group just for listeners of this podcast and any elementary music teacher called the Elementary Music Teacher Community Facebook group. Come on over and join us there where we have conversations around the podcast episodes and encourage each other each and every week. And also head to my website, thedomesticmusician.com. I have some free resources there that you can download to help you gain traction in your classroom today as well as the blog and the membership site and all kinds of other goodies to help you keep going in your music teaching journey. I cannot wait to keep connecting with you and encouraging you and spurring you on in your journey of teaching elementary music. Hang in there, have an amazing week, and I will see you soon.